Hey guys, and welcome to the Family Business in Dava podcast. We are the voice of African family business, promoting generational wealth and generational legacies. And my name is Susan Tendi. And I am Nikia Amani. And we're going to be taking you through the journey of African family business. Michelle Clark, founder of Succession Strengths, which is a company that keeps good businesses in business for generations by focusing on continuity, communications, governance, and successor preparation. I authored a book on key family business conversations, and I've been invited by Forbes to contribute on the topic of business continuity a little over a year ago. Now, In the words of the great boxer, Mike Tyson, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And I'm sure that the current global pandemic is a punch in the mouth to all of our 2020 plans and projections. But this is why we train. This is why we prepare. Even if you find yourself down on the proverbial mat right now, there are actions that you could be taking to help your business once restrictions are lifted. In today's session, we will be covering the anatomy of an unprepared business. We'll provide insight on what owners are doing now, and we will look at the actions that families and business could be taking now and for the future. So, let's get started. Now, Warren Buffett once said, only when the tide goes out do you discover who's been swimming naked. In the context of preparing for the unprepared, this statement also applies. As COVID-19 raced around the globe, two types of businesses emerged. Those that were quickly adapting and those that were not. Now, I'm sure that as a consumer, wherever you are in the globe, a few examples of companies that failed to adapt will pop into your mind. Some of these are companies that you probably swear now you would not support again. But... How do you know which company owners were swimming naked? Which ones either did not have or failed to implement a continuity plan? And these are the key signs of an unprepared company. And this is actually what our continuity plans seek to prevent. First of all, leadership, the first red flag. If they did not have clear and intentional leadership when the crisis hit, then what you can assume is that internally, things could have become chaotic. This would have manifested in red flag number two, communication. A company that had a lack of clear and consistent communication to employees, customers, suppliers, creditors, and I'm sure that even though it's been weeks, many of you still have not heard anything from some of the companies that you regularly support. This is red flag number two, a lack of clear and consistent communication. Now, red flag number three, response time. Without a continuity plan, many would have had the task of figuring out how to keep operations running in the middle of a crisis when everyone's losing money and folks around them are losing their minds. Those with a plan might have had to make minor tweaks to the plan 
but would have already thought out and documented workarounds. Which leads to red flag number four, flexibility. If, as a business, you're figuring out your core continuity actions in the middle of a crisis, then there's little energy, there's little mental energy for yourself as the leader and for your team to really think strategically about how to flexibly change your business model or operations to meet the new threat. So, as you mentally point the finger of recognition at other companies that might have been unprepared, I ask you to take a moment to look at yourself. How prepared were you when the crisis hit? Now, Lloyd Blanking from Goldman Sachs said, people remember forever how you act at this critical time. Think about it. We're going to get through this and the reputation that you formed during this period of time will stay with you forever. So the question is, what's happening now? Well, I can tell you that from the work we're doing with businesses now, even if their operations are closed, actually, they're not sitting on their hands. Owners are not sitting on their hands because this will end. And taking that long-term view, they want to give their businesses the best jumpstart when restrictions are lifted. So what are owners working on now? Let me give you some insight. Communication. At the moment, we're coming up with communications to keep customers, employees, suppliers, and creditors informed and up-to-date on what's happening within the business. This is important so that as a business, you don't lose important connections. If you're not top of mind for your customers and your consumers, then you will have a harder task once restrictions are lifted to get back to be top of mind for them. So this is one thing that you want to make sure you're taking care of. The other thing that we're working on is planning. Companies that did not have a continuity plan before are putting them in place. Those who had a plan in place are updating, the, are updating their plans to reflect the reality of what they're actually living through. And the second thing when it comes to planning is that many business owners and business leaders are thinking about their people strategy. Just in the last week, three business owners, I've had conversations with three business owners who have said that this experience is helping them to see which employees are capable of leading and which are not. And this for family businesses, when succession is so important to the longevity of the business, is definitely something that's happening at the moment. It is definitely top of mind as members of the next generation make their leadership and make their capability known based on the way that they're reacting to this crisis. So lots of planning is going on at the moment. The next thing, flexibility. For some businesses, for some business owners who are looking at their business model, we're trying to see how we can adjust to current and future conditions. Because one thing is for certain, the entire world is now getting used to this new way of interacting and doing business. One of the major barriers to doing business online before was discomfort. Folks didn't know how it was going to work and yeah, you know, the, the old way of doing things was working just fine, so why rock the boat? Well, guess what? This pandemic is forcing all of us to try, to try it, try working online, and many may like it and end up adopting. So, this is one thing that as business owners, we need to keep in mind. The world is changing. The world has changed over the past few months. 
how much of that change will stick and are you prepared, is your business prepared for the new world and the new reality? Because one thing that we need to remember is that consumers' expectations are also shifting in the way that they interact with businesses. And they may also like the shift to the online world. So in one way of looking at things, we may actually not go back to some of the old practices that we had and businesses need to be prepared for that. The next thing that businesses are looking on is con con conservation. And this is very, very important and I don't think I can complete the presentation without mentioning it. Conservation, cash flow is king. Businesses are looking for ways to conserve their cash and maintain cash flow. This includes having conversations with suppliers, creditors, etc., even their peers to find out ways that they can help each other out. And this is one thing that I'd like to highlight here. When it comes to peers, a lot of times we may think, oh, you know, there's competition and, and perhaps there shouldn't be a lot of collaboration because we are in competition. But actually, if you don't have a good relationship with the peers in your industry, then what you find is that when times of uncertainty hit, when the unexpected hits, that's when you would be looking for the first time to build those relationships. So it's always a good idea to have very good relationships, working relationships with your peers, even if you're competitors, so that you can help each other out if and when that opportunity comes up. The next thing that business owners are doing is looking at their values. Back to the topic of reputation that we mentioned earlier. Some businesses are losing in the court of public opinion because their actions now are not in line with what they stated on their website or in their glossy brochures. But many are working hard to find very creative ways to live their values and stand by what they said they believed in, even if it means making some sacrifices. So the question is, as other businesses take action, what actions are you taking right now? Historically, family businesses have performed better during recessions than non-family firms. I'm not saying that they have it easy by any means, but their focus on people, the creative ways that they have put in place to avoid layoffs, having a conservative long-term approach to savings and survival are some of the actions that have helped families in business weather recessions. Now, some of the actions that families in business are taking now include communication. So they're taking this time, a lot of businesses are closed, so there's a lot of, let's say, downtime from the day-to-day -day operations. A lot of families in business are using this opportunity to have the conversations that they may not have had the time for when business was up and running at full speed. So it's having those key conversations that the business needs to survive, and those include the topic of succession. Because the next disruption, if all goes well, the next disruption that your business might face as a family business might be an intergenerational change. So you really have to ensure that you are planning sufficiently for that and both the family and the business are prepared for it. So that's one thing that families and business are taking care of right now. The second, values. Values aren't taught, they are caught. Right, and, and I like to say this, because values aren't something that you write down on a paper and then automatically, ooh, you're living them. Values are instilled over years of experience. So even long-standing family, family businesses, 
they tend to be bound by their story. And that story reflects how the family reacted, especially in times of crisis. It shows how the family has lived its values. That's what these stories, these very powerful stories that we hear, that's what kind of hits us in the gut. Just seeing how the family was able to live its values during times of adversity. So while we usually work with families to help define or, re or realign their values, this crisis could actually be the best opportunity for families to observe how they're reacting. If their actions are not in line with the values that they would like to embrace, or the story that they would like to have told by future generations, then there's work to be done. There's work to be done to define, align, or realign their values. And the third thing, lots of families are doing much more than these, but these are the three ones that I would like to highlight, is innovation. Oh yes, this is one of the biggest challenges that we've worked with families on. And this is one that you may actually recognize. And it's successors who didn't feel as though they have their innovative ideas being heard by members of the older generation. They had ideas that they wanted brought to the table and for one reason or another, they felt as though they were shut down. But what we're finding right now is that members of the younger generation are sometimes the ones who are on the forefront of adapting their family's business to approach this new online world. So a lot of ideas that may perhaps before have been ignored are now being considered. So we're seeing families come together for the benefit of the long-term survival of their business. So my question to you is, what actions are you taking in your family business right now? And I have another quote, uh, lots of quotes. Anyone who thinks you can just flip a switch and restart a business after it's been shut down for two months has never operated a business. And I know that lots of you who are listening to this or watching this presentation are probably shaking your heads, nodding your heads, yes. And this is true. It takes blood, sweat, and tears sometimes to build a business up to the point where, it's, where it is at the moment. The last thing you want is for that momentum to be broken in a shutdown. And actually, the truth is that any disruption has a negative effect on a business. This is whether it's a once-in-a-lifetime disruption of a pandemic or the more common disruption of the unexpected illness, death, or sudden departure of a key employee. And this is because disruptions take up time. They take up resources, money, and people that can otherwise be spent on growing the business. So a resilient business is actually one that has a plan in place to minimize unexpected shocks. Unexpected shocks are the thing hurt a business. They hurt the progress of a business. So a resilient business is a business that is able to minimize unexpected shocks so that the business has the best conditions possible to grow. And I will actually leave you with the story of Wimbledon, the famous tennis tournament. So just, just received news, of course, and, and, and you probably would have all read this, that Wimbledon had reportedly been paying two million US dollars per year for pandemic insurance. And for this year's cancellation as a result of coronavirus, Wimbledon will reportedly receive 141 million US dollars from their policy. Now, some folks looking on will look at them and say, well, they were lucky. Others looking on will see 
that they had a continuity plan in place and that they had the foresight to update this plan after the SARS outbreak a number of years ago to include pandemic coverage. So if you don't currently have a plan in place, use this opportunity to put one in place or update your existing plan. Now I would say best of luck as we weather the storms of this crisis together, but use this also as an opportunity to set ourselves up for future success. You may contact me or my team by emailing us at info at successionstrength.com. You may visit our website, www.successionstrength.com, or give us a follow on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Thank you very much for your time. Now we will move into the live Q&A session. Thank you so, so much for that. Welcome, Rochelle. Hello. Um, I can't hear you. Oh, I'm thinking. There Hello? we go. Yes, there we Excellent. go. Excellent. No, thank you so much for having me. And, and I'm so happy that we pre-recorded the, the session. I hope that it was a good experience for everyone who was listening. Um, I don't think we could have planned it any better because they just started some construction work at the building <laughs> next door. <laughs> so throughout this, you would have probably been hearing nails or, or drills going if we had not um, pre-recorded. So I'm happy for that. Yes. Um, let me try to just see if I can get Nike back on. Um, her, I've lost her video here. Um, right. Anyway, while, while I do that, I know that this is our question answer segment and um i would like to invite everybody who's on this to type in your questions to the bottom of your screen there you will see where it's written q a and also there's the chat option if you can just send through your questions through there as well we will then um pose them to rochelle and i'm sure she'll be happy to answer them for you i will start off with my first question um which is when do you think that um business a business continuity plan should be evoked invoked okay invoked. so so the thing is you put a business continuity plan in place to ensure that the operations of the business can continue and there are a number of things that can throw a business's operations off track um, these can be the owner getting sick, you know, a key employee leaving, or in this case, a global pandemic. So anything that switches a business from being business as usual can potentially cause a business continuity plan to be invoked. Okay. Um, Nikkei, welcome. We'd yes, love to you there. Back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. That was a great presentation, Rochelle. Um, thank you for that. You're most um, welcome. I had a question. When should a business continuity plan be put in place? I think that's right. the one that I just asked. Yeah. So, um, so. <laughs> so, so, and we can take this from two angles. So that's when, so Cece, your question was around when it should be invoked. So this is essentially, if I have a plan, when is it that, it, when do I hit go on ensuring that, you know, I should be implementing this mm -hmm. plan? Um, Nikkei, I think to what you're saying is, hey, why do I even need a plan in the first place? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Well, this, this is the advice that we give. Listen, if you have anyone relying on the income of your business, 
you should have a business continuity plan. So the moment you have a business going where someone else relies on it, whether it's, whether it's your family members, you're using the, 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 the income from the business to support your family, perhaps you have employees, perhaps you have creditors, the moment someone else other than yourself is relying on the income of this business, you should have a business continuity plan in place. Okay. And there's a question that's just come in from Augustina and uh-huh. she's asking what happens in situations where a pandemic cover is not available? Right. So there's business interruption insurance. I'm not an insurance expert, but I do work with insurance as a part of the business continuity plan. One of the things is ensuring that you have adequate amounts of the right types of insurance for your business. Mm. What that means is that everyone, because I know everyone's calling in from all over the globe, is that everyone should be sitting down with their insurance expert to say, hey, do I have key person insurance? Do I have business interruption insurance? Okay, in this case, it's a pandemic. Um, Do I have insurance that covers me for the areas that I believe this business can be most at risk for? Okay. Um, And then there's a question from Kelvin, which says, which aspects must be covered in a business continuity plan? Yeah, that's a good question. So when we create business continuity plans, um, and, and the story about how my business started doing this is because I found myself a few years ago flying home from a funeral, a family funeral, Um, where the owner of one of the businesses died, his daughter wasn't ready to take over the business yet. So I found myself frantically putting a business continuity plan in place just to ensure that the operations of the business could continue. Which is why from the moment that I started this company, we've said, you know, let's focus on continuity planning because it's just so critical. And then, of course, we focus on the family business aspect of things. So it's a good question. What's included in the plan? A, people coverage. So in the event that something were to happen, do we have backup people? Um, The next thing, operations. What are the key parts of this business that need to be covered in the event that something were to happen, right? What what are the key things that, that that my business runs on, right? And then I figure out what the backup process would be for that. Of course, finances. How do we ensure if something were to happen that we can still pay bills and that we can still get paid? Very, very important. And of course, we touch on things like how much, A, do you have insurance and do you have the right amounts of insurance and, and all of that. So there are a number of aspects to a business continuity plan. A lot of them are geared to the type of business that you have. But in general, those are the things that would potentially be in a plan. We have a question from Michelle. She says, if a founder of a family business is reluctant to start talking about the BCP or succession planning, what are some tips that I can use to start having this, this discussion? Yeah, so, and one of the things that we advise is that in many cases, it may not be the founder who starts some of these very critical conversations, right? They're stakeholders, members of the family, key members of staff, who may kind of raise their hands and say, hey, you know, I may be a little bit concerned about this. Do we have a plan in place in the event that X or Y or Z were to happen? Um, And depending on the reaction that you get from the founder, there's definitely an approach, you know, that you can use. Perhaps you can use um, the fact that 
it, it would provide peace of mind, not only for themselves, but for members of the family um, whom they may be providing for. Um, it, and it's the peace of mind that, that I think is the biggest seller when it comes to business continuity planning, very, very similar to insurance. It's what happens if, you know, yes, we're going through a global pandemic, probably once in a lifetime experience, but it's more likely that someone gets sick, right? Or someone leaves the business unexpectedly. And these are the little shocks to a business that, that really throw things off track. So it's, it's, it's on everyone who's involved in the business or who benefits from the business to kind of raise that flag to say, hey, let's have the conversation. Let's try to put something in place. Okay. Um, then the next question I'd have is, it, when is it too late to put um, in place a business continuity plan? <laughs> well, it's never really too late to put, well, unless, you, unless you're planning to shut the business down, <laughs> then, then okay, forget about it. But what, what I would say is, listen, it's never too late to have a business continuity plan in place. The, the, of course, if you're looking to put a plan in place now for an event that we're living through now, you're kind of behind the eight ball, mm -hmm. right? But the positive is that you do have the benefit of seeing the areas that you might be vulnerable in. Right. So when you're creating that plan for your business, you're using the experience that you're living through to ensure that that plan is as robust as possible. And we have a question from Falake. She says, what happens with salary payment after a lockdown? If you have a business continuity plan in place, well, A, it depends on the state of your business. Mm -hmm. Right. Some businesses, you know, they have enough capital saved up and that continues as normal. Perhaps there's a workaround in terms of how salaries get paid, depending on why we're invoking this continuity plan. You know, if it is that they had to switch operations from one place to the next, what is the plan to ensure that salaries still get paid? Mm -hmm. What we're seeing now is because this disruption has lasted for so long, we're looking into months right now, a lot of companies just don't have, and you know, cash flow has stopped for quite a number of companies. So a lot of them are really, really hanging on, figuring out how it is that they're even going to make salary payments in the first place. This is not the, this is not the question that business continuity plan solves. Mm. It assumes that your business has income coming in or you have other sources to take care of your financial obligations, right? What a business continuity plan does though is, is that it ensures in the event that it's not business as usual, how do we still keep the operations of this business going? Okay, um, I think in reference to that same um, question, I would then ask, what is the difference between a business interruption insurance and a business continuity plan? Yeah, very good question. You know, a lot of business owners say, you know, hey, I have insurance, I'm covered. Well, the thing is that a bus business insurance or insurance of any kind provides a payout a one-time payout in the event that X or Y or Z happens, which is fine. And it's, it's what some businesses need, right? That injection of cash. However, when we talk about business continuity planning, it ensures that cash flow can still continue in the event that something were to happen. And a lot of businesses need that ongoing cash flow to ensure that their operations continue. The thing is, with an insurance policy and with an insurance payout, there's sometimes a time lag. Right. So event happens and you may have to submit evidence and you may have to wait. So in this case, they may have had to wait until this was declared a global pandemic 
for the insurance policy to kick in, right? But until that time, when there's that uncertainty, until it's declared a pandemic, there's no hope of a payout. So there are certain things that need to be triggered in order for an insurance payout to work or, or to, to actually be um, applicable. In the meantime, however, you still have bills to pay. So a lot of owners say, I would much prefer to have my operations continue, even if it's in a way that we don't usually work, but just ensure that there's that money coming in, ensure that there's that cash flow coming in. Because what you find is that the amount of time that some businesses have to wait for an insurance payout, there's that anxiety of knowing whether or not they will get the full amount. There's that anxiety of knowing whether or not they will get anything to begin with. And in the meantime, their employees were waiting, right, for, for, for payments, for their salaries, et cetera, to be made. So the business continuity plan ensures that there is that continuity of operations and there's not full reliance just on an insurance payout. We have a question from Abdul Wasif. He says, how does business continuity plan in situations like this pandemic benefit SMEs? Perhaps he's just joining, so missed. Yeah. So you might just want to recap. Sure. Yeah. So as we would have said in the in the presentation, at the beginning of this pandemic, once as long or once business owners recognized, hey, it's not business as usual, there's a change. A lot of companies are a lot of employees are being required to work from home. Right. Some businesses are shutting down altogether just because of this pandemic. What a business continuity plan does is it and ensures that the business operations can still continue. So during the midst of the pandemic, the folks or, or members of the business or employees of the business don't have to be running around figuring out, oh, it's not business as usual. How do we ensure that bills get paid? How do we ensure that, that we're, we're still able to, to receive payments? Um, how do we ensure that the key operations of this business can still continue? That's actually not the time to be figuring out the basis of your operations. That's the time where you can say, okay, we know how this is going to work. We already have a plan in place. Let's, let's read through the plan. Okay. You know, we will switch the operations from on-site to off-site, but this is how we will continue. And we will use our energy to figure out how we pivot in the event that we do need to pivot because some businesses are not operating business as usual. They've had to change their business models. And that takes a lot of innovation. Right. Um, then we have a question from, like two questions came through. I'll ask the first one from Folake and I think Miki will ask the following one. Um, Folake is asking, if your income is mainly from school fees, I'm assuming that um, she runs or operates school, and teachers are likely to be out for over one month. Do you do a pay cut? Yeah, this, this is a tough question um, for me to answer in, in, in that scenario because I don't know all of the factors that are at play. Um, what I would say, however, and, and you know, I'm speaking to an audience of people from all over the globe, so it, it's really difficult for me to provide a specific response there. I was speaking, however, with the owner of a, of a school here in Amsterdam. And it's a little bit different because the schools, although all schools are closed, they are open for children of um, employees who work on the front lines. So whether they're doctors, lawyers, essential workers are still able to send their, their kids to school. As a result of that, as a result of the fact that the government is still requiring 
that the children have some place to go during the day, they are discussing subsidies for those schools to keep them open. Like I said, I don't know the situation of, of the of the of the caller here, or not the caller, but the question. But you know, there are ways potentially that um, if if there is provision made by the government, et cetera, of course, that helps. But we would need to speak a little bit more in detail to figure out that situation. We have another question from Wang Gesi, I think. I hope I pronounced that properly. Uh -huh. Hi, what of management of law firms? For some strange reason, as lawyers, we often fail to run the law firms as a business, often relying on whom we know, not reinvesting back into the firm. Uh -huh. And in some cases, partnerships fail to last for long meaning we start off as partners and in a couple of years we hit rock bottom with no savings. We often rely on hit or miss clients, therefore difficult to plan for the future. Right. Yeah, Nikkei, to be quite honest, I think that's, you know, a business continuity plan is not going to, you know, whitewash or solve the problems that are fundamental to the business. You know, if a business is not being run like a business in a professional way, then a business continuity plan will not make up for those flaws. Mm. Right. So I think that that's how, you know, I would respond to that. But what I would say is that, you know, one of the number one reasons why a lot of startups fail is because of um, conflict between the owners or the co-owners, co-founders. You know, and this is why this is one one area that we're seeing business continuity plans come into play in the event that for whatever reason, one of the founders decides that they no longer want to be a part of the partnership. But what it would not do, it's not the silver bullet that that solves the, the problem of a business that's not run in the right way to begin with. Um, all right. Um, is there anybody else who have any other questions? This is the last call for questions. If there is nothing, we'd like to just thank Rochelle for your time today. And well, there's one. Okay. There's one. <laughs> <laughs> sure. For like a, um, a private school, so you know, you asked, you know, you asked, she had a question about fees and cutting yeah. salaries. She's oh. saying a private school in Nigeria that receives no, I'm getting interventions from government, how will it cope? Yeah, perhaps we can take it offline. Um, yeah. if that's okay, because just, you know, to respect the other, um, folks who are calling in with different, different situations. Yes. Um, so definitely for Lake, um, that's an invitation from Rochelle to engage her outside of this conversation, just to allow other people also to bring in their questions or for us to wrap it up for the day. Um, you can contact Rochelle through her website. Mm -hmm. Is that right, Rochelle? Yes, and, absolutely. Um, her email address. We will be sharing this presentation again through the email list, through a special link to everybody who's registered. So you'll find all of Rochelle's details there. Please feel free to contact her. And I think, um, Rochelle, you can just share them again for emphasis. Absolutely. So the website is www.successionstrategy.nike. Was that? We a have another question. Sorry, I'm just. <laughs> That's fine. My heart is with them. <laughs> That's fine. From Kelvin, is there a distinction between business continuity planning and business recovery planning? They're more or less the same. They're more or less the same. So business recovery planning, it, it's just the same. 
you know, in the event that something were to happen to this business that, okay, if it's recovery planning, it's, it's just like continuity, but you know, the emphasis is a little bit different. So recovery is saying something has happened and we need to kind of stand this back up. Continuity is saying, you know what, this is just in case something were to happen. We want to ensure that things continue. So it's two ways of saying the exact same thing, but it's a good question. Then you also talk about crisis management, which for me is another level of continuity planning for crisis management. And I think right now, um, a lot of businesses are pushing into the area of crisis management, whereas where, where you have a disruption that lasts for so long that perhaps business continuity is no longer an option. So in this case, the business is shut down for three months at a time you know, then is when another level of um, intervention is required. So for example, it could be that you may have had sufficient, a sufficient financial buffer to last you for three months. That's when your continuity plan will come in place and you're able to say, okay, for three months, I, I should be fine. Crisis management though, takes it to another level. If your business is shut down for beyond that, then you need to be thinking of other avenues. So is it that you approach the bank for a loan? What are the other avenues that, that, that will help your business to continue if you needed to ratchet things up? But it's a good question. Okay, um, I think this will be the last question for the day. <laughs> that, that has come from Abdul. Um, and his question is, my business is majorly service-based. And for the past three weeks, there was no patronage whatsoever. Basically, I didn't make any money. So how will I have a business continuity plan considering my situation? Yeah, well, again, it also depends on your situation. And, you know, not to burden all of the listeners with, with, with what's happening with you. You know, what type of service business is it? Did you have other avenues, for example, to ensure that you can still engage with your clients, engage with your customers? with some of the services they're moving from in person to online is that an option for you i'm not sure so these are the types of questions that we're actually having with lots of business owners who are saying hey help me um because i need some more options as to how i can still keep this going you know we've had restaurants that you know were in in person you needed to sit there to eat um to eat the meal they have now switched to delivery you know so depending on your business model Flexibility is key at this point. Right. Um, since we've closed all the questions, um, once again, we invite you all to engage Rochelle and find out how she can assist you in your business continuity planning and also answer some of the questions that she wasn't able to answer during this um, time that she's managed to graciously give us. Please, uh, once again, Rochelle, if you could share how they could get in touch with you. Absolutely. So they can visit the website, www.successionstrength.com, or they can send an email, info at successionstrength.com. They can find us on LinkedIn, on Twitter, um, but feel free to reach out. Listen, I mean, during this time, so many businesses are suffering that for us, it's about giving as much advice as possible. You know, so if you need, you know, aspiring partner to say, you know, this was my business model, what are some potential other ways that we can still continue? We're doing that right now. We're helping companies send out good communications to keep their customers engaged because like I said, you don't shut a business down for three months 
open up and expect everyone will come walking back in the door, mm -hmm. right? That doesn't necessarily happen. So for some people, it may be starting from ground zero all over again. But thank you so much, ladies, for having me. Um, I really enjoyed the conversation. And yeah, look forward to speaking with you soon. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, and stay safe, everyone.